0: Hello, welcome to 25 Cents, an Apple Arcade podcast and other things here on Good Stuff. I'm Chris.
1: And I'm Nick. Each episode, we'll be talking about the Apple Arcade games we've tried, other games we keep going back to, and what we think might be great ones to check out if you've got kids.
0: You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts on the web at goodstuff.fm. I that. Out. I was playing with the cam live overlays, ah, distracted. <laughs> too fancy. Too many toys. Yes, exactly. There's way too many buttons and things to push here. <laughs> uh, if you're watching on the live stream, I've got this like st- I'd like to call it's I'd, st- I'd like to call it studio camera, but it's really you know obviously just my office. And it's not not like, but it's like a wide angle view. I'm I'm using a little plug for reincubate. Camo is the app that uh, is actually just coming out of beta. I think next week. And so I picked up the copy of it and it uh, works really well for recording. Where am I pointing? (laughs) The camera. Using your iPhone as a camera bore, more for like, not so much for live streaming because Ecamm Live actually does it for me already. But uh, if you want a little more control, because it's really cool with the software that it allows you to, on your Mac that it connects to over the the, uh, lightning cable or whatever, allows you to like switch the camera lenses. So I can switch from like wide angle to ultra wide to the selfie camera on the phone without having to go, touch the phone at all and then actually do a lot of manual control so I can turn it like I. if you uh where is it here I have the saturation turned down so it's black and white looks all moody and intense but uh I
1: I am a very low level podcasting amateur when it comes
0: to playing with these kinds of things (laughs) (laughs) well at the end of the day it's like if if all the all this stuff generally prevents me from actually putting a podcast out as the problem <laughs> and the, the 10 right. people or maybe five or two that actually watch the video version maybe appreciate it i guess but uh it doesn't help with the actual audio portion of the show at all and if anything it detracts from it because i get distracted i, I suppose yeah
1: but but at the same time if it motivates you to try new uh things in in podcasting whether that's in the edit or the production or whatever that's good
0: yeah yeah it definitely it helps keep it fun and interesting and, and uh and like i yeah like messing around with stuff so we'll, we'll cover some of that in the switch corner actually a little later that uh, we'll get oh, into okay. but uh what's what's new you've got some quarantine corner notes here that i don't totally understand oh on. i was just
1: i n- not not too much has changed around here um we you know the graphs are are bad they're not that bad here yet but they're also not going in the right direction either um, so we decided to we had had a family trip planned for Labor Day weekend um, at the end of August that we decided to cancel because and and get our refunds. So it's a little sad, that, and that was going to be the yeah the three of us and my parents and my sister and her family. So it would have been all eight of us going out to one of the the islands in um in the sailor sea uh and uh staying in a house altogether but yeah we just can't can't risk it now and we're all you know having our own contact too much for different things and it's too bad but um it's the nature of the world we are in right now although you were able to do a nice little
0: isolation camping trip recently right yeah and it's it's a bit of like because um I'll switch back here because our where I am in the world anyways we have like it's uh, four people in the whole city that I live in that have COVID, I think, is what the number is right now. And then the province at large, which is still like around a million people total in the in a area much bigger than, or yeah, bigger than Seattle, I would imagine, anyways. But um, with, I think it's like a hundred people or whatever total. I forget what the exact numbers are, but so it's way less. But obviously, right. as we've anybody knows, like all it takes is one person in the wrong place and the wrong time, and <laughs> things explode. Like we just had a restaurant that. You know, some people have been to, there was a, re- a server there who, so it's like, but it's very minimal uh, announcements of a, that kind of thing. Like, I right. don't imagine the Seattle area is like announcing every time there's a, someone at every individual restaurant with it, uh, you know, a, no. COVID, like it's I, just too much. <laughs> the The
1: only thing I saw recently was there was a restaurant that got shut down for not, I I forget if anyone on staff actually tested positive, but they weren't following the county rules on um operating a restaurant so that that was that was the one piece i saw in the news this week um yeah because seattle proper is like five hundred thousand people but the greater seattle area is is bigger than that it's it's bigger than your whole province population wise um but you know so we have we've had sort of continued cases and some of it's at like the nursing homes where it was all first detected but it doesn't seem to be like really bad around here compared to other places because we've mostly people are mostly good about staying home if they can masking you know all that stuff so we're yeah. still just being very cautious and and avoiding the additional contact. so like this weekend is my dad's birthday and I think we're gonna do a uh, parking lot you know gift and cake trunk exchange or kind of thing where no one actually gets yeah. out of their car because that'll be the, the safest option
0: yeah yeah it's it's a weird weird times i know and especially hard on the kids i think for for and, sure i mean grandparents complain too. obviously a lot about not being able to hug their grandkids and stuff but um just confusing especially for the younger set too who are definitely just like yeah this is no comprehension of of what actually it's, is going on out in the greater <laughs> world It <laughs> and, it is
1: a very strange time uh for kids and parents and non-parents alike uh yeah. all in different ways
0: yeah, so yeah, it was good to get out of the city for a bit here and uh, get some fresh air and stuff. But even still, it was kind of like you're, you know, it's out like slightly upgraded outhouses for bathrooms and stuff that you're sharing with people. And You're like, we, you know, sp- uh, hand wash, sanitize, whatever after each use and stuff. Anytime we went anywhere, basically, and there's but there's playgrounds that our kids are going to, and and here, anyways, they're open and officially allowed to be used now, which they weren't before. Playgrounds, I mean, and and so then they go to the playground come back and wash the hands. But obviously, if, if some kid is on the playground sneezing with COVID and your kid breathes that in, any amount of hand washing is not going to help them. No,
1: at that point, at that <laughs> So point, I was like, no.
0: yeah. So that's where my head always goes. But yeah, it's kind of just the nature of have to relax a little bit, knowing that the odds are very much right now, very low, but still being smart about it all. Right. So.
1: Well, yeah, especially because your area has it so under control, it's it, you can be a little more relaxed.
0: Yeah. But yes. So in kids' corner, it looks like you. Uh, you said you had to enable screen time. So you're, yes, you're
1: we cl- clamping down. <laughs> we had to enable screen time because I think it was starting last week. Um, we realized so um, w- the family iPad uh, sits in his room at night for two reasons: one, to play a little bit of music while, while he's falling asleep, and two, so because his bedroom is on a different floor, he can uh, call up in the night if he doesn't want to walk all the way upstairs. <laughs> nice. um, which doesn't happen too much anymore, but it's yeah. available. Um, and uh, what we realized was he was waking up early, like at 7 a.m., and we were sleeping until <laughs> 8.30 or 9, and he was just on there. He was using, like the school had given him some app called, or recommended an app called Epic that had like video and book content and audiobook content, and he was like, spending a bunch of time on that. And we told him, you know, okay, like if you keep waking up early and using the iPad, we're going to lock it down. And so now all it can do in the morning is um, we allowed just um, the library app, like the books is the only thing. And then like right. messaging us, I guess. Um, so I just had to, had to lock that down a little bit. We're, we're not using any of the time limits yet for other parts of the day because generally we're around and, you know, able to, hey, like, remind him that, you know, it's time to be done. It's time to stop FaceTiming your cousin or, or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, we yeah. had to, we had to lock, we had to lock down the, the nighttime or early morning
0: access a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's kind of like, I mean, each kid is obviously very different in how they handle all that kind of stuff and, and learning, you know, even just the broader ideas of learning about, that you can disobey your parents and like that's mm-hmm. a that, that's a thing you can do is a thing every kid has to figure out and, and go through and like it's not doesn't mean they're evil <laughs> it's just <laughs> natural that you try and like you have you realize you can uh, suddenly your parents aren't actually there all the time stopping you from doing everything and for us it was our i think it was when i had an xbox what was it 360 was before the xbox one right i think yes anyways doesn't matter what it was but we had a xbox console and just like you we thought oh our kids are downstairs playing and then he let it slip one time that he had not, like, without knowing that he was breaking the rules, he had gotten up at, like, 6 a.m. and was just, like, binging on Minecraft. And then, hadn't we hadn't even thought he was doing that, obviously. And then he talked about doing it. And then we're like, okay, well, we're not actually going to do that anymore. Please don't. And, you right. know, whatever. And then eventually realizing he kept going back and doing yeah. it. And that's where the screen time sort of requirements, yeah, lockdown or Or I think at the time we took away the controllers, maybe, just to eliminate the, like even possibility of right, right. being tempted, but yeah, eventually it morphed into using the screen time controls and stuff and, yeah, and, and realizing and did, your child isn't an angel all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, my son's, you know, what, over six and a half now and um, is certainly more uh, prone to, you know, well, I just want to do what I want to do. Like you get to do what you want to do. Why can't I get to do what I want to do? Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> without, I mean, he's, very mostly very respectful, but like having that conversation, setting those limits. But yeah, I mean we, you know, we kind of told him, like, hey, we don't like this. We will have to limit it if you keep doing it out of your own desire or motivation. So we had to limit yeah. it. And we'll probably relax it again at some point. You know, it's summer now, so it kind of matters a little less, but we also don't really want him just like doing whatever when we're not in the room, you know, because even even with the parental, the basic parental restrictions on. There's some weird stuff, even in some of those school apps that he had access to, like some of the cartoons are weird or it's just not content that we've really like had a chance to review and, and say, yeah, this is not just age appropriate, but you appropriate.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the, that is the biggest one, I think. And even as teachers send out stuff, I noticed, we noticed anyways with our various kids, like they would send one, like our youngest kid whose teacher, you know, grade two is sending them links to like fun sites for doing crafts on or whatever. And when you actually go to them, it's like one of those pop-up ad hell sites where like, there's play the game here, play the game here, play the game here, buttons all over the place. And how is this, how's a seven-year-old going to know which is the right button and which is the button actually that like auto fills your credit card in or whatever, (laughs) like, you know, off you go to the races that way. Yeah. We
1: we haven't really opened up um, the browser, but at some point pretty soon, we're going to have to have a sit down of like how to use the just the web safely. Right. Like even with the, you know, the basic blocker stuff in place where you can't get to certain sites, there's still like, how do you use a site? That's like a little bit borderline. Like you're just reading an article and it's got all these popovers, right. Or whatever the case may be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And it's, it is frustrating. At least the Mac uh, at that point and the computers there, our kids are using are a little older. So they don't have the latest OS updates possible even, but the, Parental controls are kind of like either you're manually approving every single little thing they do, or it's like hope for the best. And it's kind of those two extremes. Yes. Yeah. So you're
1: like, yeah. The granularity is not always what it needs to be. Um, I think we talked on a previous episode, you were saying the the Xbox ones seem to be sort of the best
0: uh, that you've used. Yeah. Yeah. The Microsoft ecosystem in general for that seems to be the best so far. And we'll see. I guess Apple, of course, has iOS 14 and Mac OS 11 i guess or whatever you know coming up in the fall and whatever changes they made there but um but it's definitely sort of device driven as opposed to sp- specific software packages driven and i mean an xbox obviously have limited availability of what you can do there's a there is a browser there but it's a very limited browser and takes a long time to type out boobies or something <laughs> <Yeah. in the laughs> <search field. laughs> or whatever kids might be searching for yeah it's
1: the <laughs> the return of web tv um yeah well, i think you've 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 shared a few times some of the is it is it Google that tells you like what your kids have searched for or one of the smart assistants?
0: Yes, yeah, I've shared like screen something triggers it where they do something and then it sends my the Google app on my phone the like results it doesn't always do it but sometimes like I think if they, if you say like would you like more information about whatever you searched for and then it'll send it to your phone and it says check your phone for whatever and so then yeah I will get like the. Weird searches that they're doing on the Google Assistant <laughs> some random time when they're bored.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we don't we don't have I mean, we have Siri on devices, um, although my my son really just uses that for the dictation because he's he's just like on the edge of spelling, like he can spell his sight words and some other words, but he likes using the dictation because he can kind of express himself a little more because uh, his his verbal level is ahead of his writing level right now. So he can use the dictation mode to, to get what he wants. Right. But we don't otherwise really use the smart assistants. Um And usually most of the questions come to me or my wife, and then one of us will just look it up on Wikipedia or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> So we, we provide the filter
0: uh, when possible. Yeah, so on the Switch, uh, a friend slash drug dealer... <laughs> almost i want to say (laughs) is loaning us up uh animal crossing for the switch for a while to test out try it out and then either we can buy it or he's gonna you know sell it himself uh because his he needs to get rid of it as per his counselor (laughs) but uh so we've tried it out i actually i think it was we got back from camping and i set it up or whatever and um I guess in broad strokes, the animal crossing phenomenon that I've heard about, I kind of like, I understand a little more, it's kind of like Minecraft in in terms of like a chill game, life simulator, I think Jay said in the good stuff, discord, um, you know, slow life simulator, I guess, but the idea of like, this is a game, you're just going to do some stuff and it's fairly low, um, it's not high energy by any means and it's chill, it's cute, it's it has nice sounds (laughs) and uh all those things combined i think to make for a a fun gaming experience especially like whether it's i could see like my youngest to my oldest are all kind of keen to try it, and they were actually tried it yesterday Mm -hmm. um and and had really good like they were excited about it because what i'd done actually a couple days ago is trying out just streaming with it um to the twitch channel here and good stuff and without our cameras working or whatever but just we we're i was showing them the game as well as testing out the streaming of it from the switch which i hadn't tried before and uh and yeah it's it's kind of like a game where it's it's addicting in a sense where there's like always a thing to do they, mm-hmm. they sort of send you on little missions to go get stones or go get this and to build this and it's a more directed kind of game than minecraft is where it's, minecraft is just open world um and so I can see for some kids for sure, and even adults too, it's just like, you got to go back in and check what the today's like update is and what you're supposed to do and where if you can get more resources to build the thing you're wanting to build and um, things like that. But it also is like, you save it, turn it off and you can come back to it, obviously at any point later. Um, There's a bit of a unique kind of like, shared world experience between us because i i set up my thing and was playing it for i'd played maybe an hour and a half of the game or so uh, maybe two hours i guess total with a stream and and then they'd logged on, and they were able to because i dropped some of my supplies the wood and things that i had in my tent i think they'd gone <laughs> were able to go into my tent and take some of that stuff. They were very worried that they'd offended me and, you know, taking my <laughs> axe or something when they shouldn't have or whatever. Way more worried about that than they were in the real world. Like my daughter would <laughs> have to climb up under the counter and pull, you know, sugar off the shelf or whatever that she's not supposed to go get. But then she's like apologizing and said, like, don't worry, we didn't take your stuff down <laughs> they, they
1: really don't want to mess up your game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and as if I would like had like militar militarized like the, the game console was like, don't you tear?" Um but anyways. They are having fun with it. They're, I think they're having fun with it right now anyways. It sounds like it. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's a fun, chill game. I would have no problem recommending it as a family-friendly game. It's a Nintendo game, you know, published by Nintendo um, and very family-friendly that way. The, the characters that are in the game are all round, soft, you know, in every way of the term and very easy on the eyes, very friendly communication, all the words and every opportunity to sort of like interact with things is very low uh, friction, I guess. And um, yeah, so that's kind of like, I still don't know what the point of the game is (laughs) and the purpose really. But like, like you said, it's sort of just, it's a,
1: it's that slow life just kind of chill thing. So I think one of the things I wasn't clear on from the many people I know who play it uh, was whether there are sort of timers, like some of the worst kind of IAP type games where like there's certain things that you start and then you have to check back in like the next day for it to finish or
0: yeah and that's what I haven't quite figured out yet if there's events that I'm missing so for example with a shared experience here because as a family on a one switch console the island that I started now the kids that set up join and, and play from their accounts uh, they're on that same island. And right. so I've I've read reports of like limited resources, like having to sort of negotiate with your family, like don't take all the rocks because I need them for this. And even in-game um, uh, objectives, there was a museum that he needed like 20 or whatever it was fossils that you dug up and brought to him. I had started them and then my son finished that objective. So, which is neat, like for sure, but also I missed, so then the museum opens, right? Or whatever happened, but I missed that, yeah, you know, I could see some kids being like ticked that maybe their dad or whatever, their sibling finished an objective that they'd right. done nineteen of, and then they yeah. come along and do the last y- one. You
1: don't get to see the cutscene or whatever the case may yeah, be. Yeah,
0: I think, and that's what all I haven't logged back in since they did it, and and they said, "Oh, dad, all like I was me and the two other people who are on the island initially, like the two AIs or whatever, the the other bots or whatever are were intense." And that's why you start with a tent and then you eventually you can build a house, I presume. But they said that when they joined, all the other people were in houses now and I was still just in a tent. And so obviously something had happened where the game had progressed and I didn't yet. I haven't yet. I'm still lowly tent dweller. You know, amongst house, <laughs> house So yeah, it's interesting that way. And then the, uh, oh, there was one other thing I was going to say with that, but um, it'll come to me. And yeah, like, yeah, what sort of, because I, I was really confused about the game, not like confused, like I, I get that it's just a, a game that you play and like, but just the, the way the attraction and the appeal of it seemed overwhelmingly in almost obsessive relative to what I felt like the kind of the game it was, but I kind of right. get it a little more.
1: I mean, I, I know I've alluded to before, like a lot of my kid game time was on these sort of long, slow simulation games, you know, like in the 4X genre, like the Civ games or some of the Sim games. But I think those had a kind of different sort of interaction because there was like a win condition and there were also lose conditions, right? Like you could mess up and not really be continuing, whereas you can't really mess up your island. It just slows down your progress, Right.
0: Yeah. And that's the other thing that's interesting is the game is tied to the real world time. So just for like interest sake, I'm generally playing, I've at least so far, the two times I've played, I'm always playing after the kids are in bed here, like in the real world, <laughs> not the island kids. But um, <laughs> And so it's it's like you log on and the game has a clock and it shows you it's 9 p.m. on Monday and the, the world is like the island is darker. And so I don't actually, if I kept playing at that time, I would never see the sun <laughs> on my island uh and so whereas my kids are playing at 11 to 12 is their screen time or whatever when they've played so they're seeing a very different view of the island even and so that is where the one part of it where you alluded to like the sort of in-app purchase of like getting you back to play the game because they need to whatever get you buying more stuff in the game there is like a if you only go you know during the day or the night and some like so the animals that you find so you catch it's it's weird like fun cutesy but you're also like capturing all these animals and just like (laughs) For fun and then giving them to the museum. And so there's a bit of like weird, but you don't actually eat any of the animals, at least thus far. I I thought like, oh, find a fish. I'm going to go barbecue or right. fish, but yeah, that you have doesn't to cook, happen. You, you have, have to, to
1: cook the food you catch or something. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so then the, the, some of the animals are only available. They give you sort of a Wikipedia of all the animals and you can kind of like collect them all. And, but there's some of them that are only available certain times of the year or certain times of the day and that they'll come out or that you'll see them. They're most common, you know, January to February or whatever. And so I can see how they've built in this like need to come back and keep playing it. Uh, But there's no in-app purchase or any reason why, other than you're just playing your Nintendo Switch console and game that you bought and paid for completely. There's no extra motivation, I guess, for Nintendo beyond obviously creating like an addictive kind of fun experience um as far as monetary reasons why they would want you to keep coming back but that would be the one danger i guess for a, i could see a kid getting sucked into it and like dad i have to play now because the wombat or whatever is you know coming right. across the island right now and so right but um yeah my oldest the 13 year old was like i can see how this could be addictive <laughs> <laughs> and, and then head kids- back to Fortnite happily
1: the kids being different ages, like they're sort of finding their own thing to do, or are they all kind of doing the same stuff?
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, this curious. is the second day. I think my youngest actually didn't have screen time yesterday for a variety of reasons. <laughs> and so she she's <laughs> now getting to experience it for the first time, I think. And so um we'll see what her report is on it. But she was definitely like she like visually it's very right up a like a from a seven-year-old to even my wife and i were when she was watching me play it the other night it was like it's very visually appealing in a cutesy nintendo-y kind of way uh just fun to look at and nice to watch and stuff um and chill music background music much like minecraft it kind of feels like the kind of thing where you could put on if, if someone's played it long enough you could put on the soundtrack from animal crossing and they'd probably just lull themselves to sleep <laughs> in <a> nice calm <laughs> zen state <laughs> yeah so um but, yeah, in terms of like buying it or not, like Nintendo historically has never really had many sales on games. And it's like at least up here, it's $75, $80 for the game. And um, there's like tons of gameplay to be had in it. And there's expense. Like they just updated it with the ability to swim in the ocean and catch ocean animals, which obviously opens up a whole world of stuff for kids or people to do. Um, and and even the world like that you're in, there is some sort of like nature you're learning about the animals a bit like loosely like the museum guy will happily tell you uh you know three or four paragraphs about the animal you've caught so i mean you can kind of like loosely yeah say it's educational <laughs> in a weird way so
1: I, yeah you don't hear too much about edutainment uh as a i feel like that was a big 90s game genre yeah all these edutainment <laughs> games you know like carmen san diego yeah. and, and oregon trail and stuff
0: yeah so I think, like, if you have the access to it, um, as far as for kids, especially your kids or whoever's kids, if you're listening out there, if you have access to a library to borrow it from, that'd be the great greatest way, obviously, like mini games, to just try it out and see. But I have fairly, unless you really hate that kind of genre of game, it's there's enough hooks in it to keep you coming back. Like, I'm more a little more action-oriented, at least purpose-oriented in the gaming I want to do. And it, even still, for me, it's like uh, there's a pull to go back and, and dig up more fossils and <laughs> see what what's next what opens up next on the island and uh it's it's a, ve- a very weird kind of like economy on the island too where you and this is what i think other people have alluded to where your kids might someone might sell like a whole bunch of seaweed that they, they've collected and that like drives down the price of seaweed on the island <laughs> and so because there's too much in the for sale side or whatever and and so then that someone else can't progress as far because they don't have opportunity to make money the same way you did uh and uh interesting yeah so we'll see
1: so yeah, see see if it we'll sticks. Well, episodes. we'll have an update yeah. next episode, maybe, how you're, if you're, if, you're yeah. still, if it still has its hooks in you or, or some members of the
0: family. I like the idea of it. So, I was, like I was saying, I tried streaming it the other day, and uh, I love the idea of using it as a streaming, sort of like, I'm doing this anyways, and chill, like, people watching and kind of, like, giving feedback or suggestions on what to do. And even, like, the fact that I was streaming um, the game on Twitch on our good stuff channel. And then, you know, you pick the game that you're streaming and right away, there's like two or three people who popped in and left, but like, that doesn't really happen when we just stream podcasts or whatever here. And they're asking like to share, can I join your Island or can you come to my Island or whatever right away? And I didn't really want to get into any of that, <laughs> especially with my kids watching. I did have no idea what might happen if I go visit someone else's Island, but <laughs> right. So we'll see where, where that goes, but anyways, that's uh, five minutes or longer on the Switch corner. What about uh, Apple Arcade corner? Your um, so haven't
1: tried anything new lately. Um, we can get into uh, some of the the games I've gone back to, but um, there was some. There was one piece of interesting Apple Arcade news that was in, I think, Bloomberg about with some some details for the first time on some of the business models, which is that um, some uh, contracts got canceled, like the. Those developers did not meet whatever the uh, milestones were in terms of we've kind of guessed gameplay time, you know, or number of downloads, or something like that. Some some sort of engagement metric, like your game helped people continue on Apple Arcade, right? Yeah. Um, so we don't know which games were canceled, but that kind of goes to the conversation we've had of like, oh, sometimes games have updates and you know, it seems like certain games are getting new content and certain games that felt like they could have more content aren't. And I think this is maybe a clue to that, right? Is that there were games that were built. They didn't have a a pre built plan for, you know, new content updates um, that were like easy for them to, to develop new levels, new story, whatever. Um, and the game wasn't played enough for them to get, additional funds from Apple as a producer to keep adding to the game. Um, so I kind of wonder, like, will some of those games even be kind of retired out of the library because they're little, little unpopular dead ends, or will they just always be there as like this little reminder of what might have been for that particular developer's <laughs> success? Um, and the other thing that was interesting is, is the the comment in there specifically that someone was quoted as saying, we need more games like grindstone which is funny cuz that was certainly the game i've spent the most time on, the game i usually recommend as like hey, here's here's like a really great reason to play apple arcade. And it's also interesting cuz Grindstone, i think we've talked about before, is the most like sort of other uh popular mobile games, right? Like it's a it's a little casual puzzler but unencumbered by all of the in-app purchase nonsense that often comes with that style of game because it's in Apple Arcade.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that jumped out at me too in the article about Grindstone being the it, yeah, it seems like that's an obvious hit. It's easy to get into and that's where like we, I think we alluded to in, in earlier episodes too with Apple Arcades, it, As much as developers want to have this freedom to develop this great intricate cool-looking world that you did play is mobile gaming really ready or want does mobile gaming even want that as a game to play when you have the choice of any game to play on Apple Arcade that you're you know you're paying for. And people are still gravitating back towards the, like you said, the in-app purchased style quick games. Um, and obviously, if it's based on some sort of user metrics or development milestones that they were wanting them to hit, and that's it seems to allude to like, well, it says while Apple ended contracts, it still paid studios based on the development milestones they already hit. So obviously, at some point, they're like, if X many users install your game, then you'll get this extra bonus or whatever, presumably. Um, mm-hmm. And so, there's some sort of obviously, that Apple would have all sorts of analytics on and data on usage of, of all right. the apps that are games are installed. Um, but yeah, it, if if there isn't actually people continuing to use those games beyond that first experience, I don't know how they would ever get more money out of their experience there. Um, and presumably, the the Apple Arcade subscription uh, whatever graph has leveled off, and if anything, is probably dropping now as people are kind of not. Seeing maybe new games they want to play, um, and and sort of wonder now if where Apple if Apple's canceling some of these contracts, how much of their heart is in this right. for the long run? I mean, or they keep just saying say,
1: services, but yeah, I yeah. I wonder if it means they're going to reposition to try and get other kinds of games or or what. Um, and it's a it's a little sad because some of the very artful beautifully made story games. I've really enjoyed having access to those on Apple Arcade because I don't think those necessarily would have existed. And to be honest, I probably wouldn't have spent, you know, 5 to $10 each not really knowing, but because it's from this all-you-can-eat Apple Arcade buffet, you know, I've tried them out. Um, yeah. And those are probably not the ones that Apple is looking for in terms of stickiness. I mean, they want some of those for, like, the demos, right? You can say, like, look at this amazing game experience. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean... And it probably goes to, to, the, to the developers on the sort of game design concepts, you know, core loops. Like Grindstone has this very clear core loop and you can basically iterate on it. You can, they could, they could keep adding levels indefinitely. You know, I think there was one sort of similar mobile game I used to play called Dots and Dots 2. And my dad got really into it for a while. It's so like I played up through, I don't know, level Two hundred, maybe, and and they they've kept adding levels. My dad's on like level six hundred, and and it's the sort of <laughs> the sort of nice mobile puzzle game where you can kind of the 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 core concept you can kind of just iterate on, and and the developers can have this sort of low level maintenance amount of effort and keep adding levels indefinitely, as opposed to a big story game where you're going to have to do this big investment in art and writing and music and and everything. And and that can make for a great game experience, but it makes for presumably a much more expensive game. That's not necessarily going to have as broad uh, an appeal. Yeah. Um, Which kind of relates to one of the games I want to try that I saw in the arcade tab, which is beyond a steel sky, but looking at the trailer, it's not, it's a story game. It looks like a game I probably don't just want to play on my phone, and also a game that I probably don't want to have my son in the room because it's it's a little more mature <laughs> content, right? Not yeah. not capital M rating mature, but just for older storyline is yeah. The storyline yeah. is for older older consumers, um, and so then that goes to the question of like, well, when when do when can I fit in games like that, right? Like it has to be that uh, that that after bedtime time for the most part,
0: yeah. A child has been abducted in a brutal attack. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, I think yeah. I think we'll we'll pass on that one uh, <laughs> for bedtime. <laughs> yeah, yes, for bedtime. Um, for I think there was another recent arcade place. release that was something about like a like a kid in a coma or something, and I was like, and you know, my son watched the trailer <laughs> and he was like, oh, could we play this game? And I'm like. Well, just read the description. I think we're going to pass on that one. (laughs) I'm sure it's a great game. Not one for a six and a half year old, I feel, uh, who is still sometimes prone to nightmares. I get nightmares. (laughs) Everybody gets nightmares, (laughs) but yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a new one that just came out today. I haven't even, I haven't looked at it much beyond, but just in the interest of letting folks know to check it out, if you're interested in the Machinarium and Samaros developer uh, called Creeks, that looks, again, visually looks really interesting. Um, and I have no idea about gameplay or, or interest at that way, but, um, looks like a fun single player painted hand-painted art style game. Um, that could be kind of a fun puzzly kind of game, um, to explore an old mansion, to find hidden paintings and solve puzzles to uncover the mansion's secrets. So, um, yeah, in the interest of just, there is obviously new games coming out and new puzzly games and fun games. And, um, you had alluded to, like, what are you going back to still, um, in, yes. in games. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, like I said, Grindstone added fifteen more levels and I, I kind of slowly beat those. Um they're definitely getting harder. So they're as they add new mechanics, they're they're upping the difficulty level for people who have stuck with it, which is which is fun. Um I started they I had heard there was a new Over the Alps spy mission, um mm. uh, which we had covered on an episode whose number I would have to look up. Uh, But it actually covers one of the pieces of feedback I have, which is you're now playing as a a woman spy, uh, but encountering Mm -hmm. some of the same uh, antagonists from the first story. Uh, So that was kind of cool. The only criticism I have is the, they're like skeuomorphic outer menu is very confusing. Like I, I couldn't tell how to start the new mission pack very easily, but there's also a closed manila envelope that says top secret, which makes me think they're working on a third uh, mission pack, um, that would, that would come out. Um, so yeah, I'll finish that up. It's, it's, I like that. I like that gameplay. It's got that cool postcard mechanic and art style. Um, and I'll see where, where that story goes. Um, I don't think I would go back and replay the first story again, but maybe I would try to make different choices as, as I said on, on, uh, I guess it was episode 10, um, and then I finished Winding Worlds, which I think I'd mentioned an episode or two ago as trying. Um, it was pretty good. It's it's an odd story. Um, the sort of the concept of of what's going on. It it kind of has this it, uh, theme about like self care and how much can you help others if you're not helping yourself. Like built into the story, which is interesting. Um, uh, and mechanically, you know, it's it's about the same. You know, any given one of the puzzles you're, you're sliding up and down or left or right to make things kind of spin around and fall into place and and be reassembled. Um, and one of the interesting things about that game was in the credits, they actually had a first nations acknowledgement. So like where the studio Mm. is located in Canada, they were talking about the, um, the people who live, you know, on the land or who lived historically on the land where they are located, I guess in, um, Montreal area. Um, and yeah, you know, I've started to see that kind of thing more. I, it's the first time I've noticed it in a video game, but I've, I've noticed it like many local businesses around here in Seattle will acknowledge that they're on Duwamish land, which is the tribe that chief Seattle is from. Um, and so that, that seems to be some something that's more in the consciousness. Um, you know, I don't know if they're like contributing money back or something like that like as part of their acknowledgement or if it's just the acknowledgement but interesting to see um
0: yeah that's a very common or not sorry i shouldn't say very common it's a somewhat common thing up here has been for a few years now for acknowledgement of uh especially like sort of tree land or or land that was originally designated or was actually not just designated was the first nations community that happened to be in that area um like we'll often um at speeches or or events public events they'll Mm -hmm. announce like thanks to wherever we happen to be you know as a original this is home to that population or whatever and yeah it is a it's an interesting thing and and to see it coming into gaming uh i think is is a good thing just to bring awareness if nothing else to what's going on i think and what we where we've come from (laughs) in light of everything that's going on in the world obviously um it's important yeah, it, to it, acknowledge it
1: definitely connects in, in a different way, but with some of the stuff that's ha- a lot of the racial justice conversations that are coming out of the current black lives matter moment, at least in the United States, I've, I've seen other sort of conversations around that and, you know, some of the recent decisions around pipelines in, in at least our Supreme court and so forth is, it gets connected with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that in, in video games as well. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Kind of wrapping up on Apple Arcade, um, my my friend Andrew had a had a couple comments uh, as listener feedback. Um, so one was, you know that you can in the Apple Arcade tab you can see games with new updates, but it, and you can also see games recommended for you. But there doesn't seem to be a section of games you've played that have updates, right? So like, right? Apple Apple definitely knows what you've played, and they definitely know what games are getting updates. But why can't they tell you, you know the that intersection um, so that you know, hey, I uninstalled this game. It kind of goes to what we were talking about the previous episode. I uninstalled this game, but there's actually new content that I will want to play because I finished that game, not just that there's a game with updates.
0: Uh, It feels like they could benefit from like an Apple Arcade email newsletter, almost like just something outside of your phone. Uh, Obviously, you, you look at your phone, maybe to check an email, but just something outside of the Apple Arcade experience directly where it's just an email of like, hey, by the way, games you played these ones have updates and just letting you know in a very passive kind of way without that's not a notification and not a like some sort of apple arcade app on its own or whatever i guess and, and outside of the store experience but just like by the way you know whatever grindstone has new levels and right might want to check it out here's yeah, how to I mean, reinstall
1: blizzard emails me to let me know when there's new hearthstone <laughs> content available for purchase or or even you know try to incentivize me back with some freebies um so it does seem like that's a part of the Apple Arcade engagement that they are um, that they're missing, um, and then one of the other things... Like s-
0: oh, oh. Go ahead. <laughs> got some. I was just going to say the something like that seems really obvious to me. With that, Steam does really well. Is you have your wish list, and then they tell you when you, stuff on your wish list is on sale. It's like a simple. I don't know how many times it pulls me back to Steam just to check because it's like, oh, City Skyline is on sale for three dollars or whatever, and I still have never pulled the trigger because I know it's just a game that'll suck my life away. But I have oh, yeah. it on my wish list, and they tell me every time it's on sale. And like, I don't know why Apple. I think Apple had like even in the uh, iOS app store has like a wish list functionality, but it's just like a place to go look at your list of things you've saved. Theoretically, at some point you'll go buy. I think they
1: removed that in. A couple oh, iOS versions ago, because I used to have stuff on that, and I would track things. Like I'd see a link on Twitter, but I wasn't ready to to get a game yet, and I'd put yeah. it on there. But yeah, I think that all disappeared. And and so that kind of goes to the other thing uh, Andrew and I were talking about was the the death of the Game Center app a couple of mm-hmm. iOS versions ago. And you know, people always made fun of the the green felt, right? And so, like Game Center yeah. now is just this library, and it's integrated with. Um, with Apple Arcade and with other iOS games for online play and for achievements, but you can't really, um, you can't really, uh, like view it all in one place. It's like a little menu within each game. Right. Um, so there's not like one place for you to go and get that info. Like, what are my friends playing? What's the, there's no, that social loop isn't, is missing right now. And it's wasn't part of any of the iOS 14 announcements, I think. And I kind of wonder you know, they, they retired that a while ago and they're just not interested in going back to it
0: for whatever reason. Yeah. It's one of those things that Apple is just notoriously bad at is any sort of social thing. And I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what ping, the reason, right? <laughs> yeah, like ping. And then they had a, like a huge thing. It was like with Apple music and then artists are going to basically blog and, you know, Coldplay or whatever is going to post updates about what's going on inside Apple music. And like, you can see like the artists do it for a couple of weeks because they were probably paid to do it or whatever. And then, Disappears and and even yeah the like social interactions that you see that would be possible with a game center kind of app that Xbox Live does great with Fortnite does great with like tons of apps uh, Nintendo is okay at because they actually it's funny the there's something obviously with their hardware that's not powerful enough to do voice chat in game on device and so they actually punch you to an iOS app that's your Nintendo Switch app and then with that you can do Got voice right. chat with your friends if the game is configured to allow that or speak to that or whatever and so they at least try um but yeah apple has i don't know if it's like a legal thing where they just don't want to get into like any sort of user created content it's just a mess of lawyers and they don't want to deal with that or i don't know but it feels like like if you're playing over the alps or grindstone and we're friends on game center i it would be beneficial to everybody involved myself included even to be aware of that like right. hey nick whose opinions i respect and we play these other games why not let me know that he's playing that one and especially for like the multiplayer aspect of many of the games like the lego one lego brawlers or whatever right that we tried initially feels like what why else wouldn't you want to know if your friends are playing this without having to ask them right and then you can drop in
1: and or challenge them or or whatever yeah
0: yeah Yeah. um so i have to pause (laughs) yeah put some elevator music on
1: coffee refill is in progress uh i i just had a little small gopher come to retrieve my mug (laughs) nice (laughs) um sorry uh we can we can cut that out um Well, yeah, because I think uh, when I go to the social tab on the Switch, I can see exactly how many hours some of my friends have put into Animal Crossing, for example. Like my old roommate (laughs) uh, is at home on parental leave with a relatively young child, and uh, he's been playing Animal Crossing a lot. (laughs) And it's kind of fun to see that and maybe tease him about the number of hours I see tick up every week. Um, Yeah, it it does seem like a gap.
0: Yeah, every other platform, like Xbox too, like almost to annoyance. Like, we were, my wife and I were watching, we we streamed Disney Plus on our Xbox just because, for whatever reason, our TV, the sound isn't good with Disney Plus, but the app on the Xbox works fine. So we're playing it on there. And then I see randomly at some point is like my cousin or my nephew or whatever pops up, so and so is playing Fortnite or. Dave Rupert is watching Netflix or whatever. Cause like it has little notifications of like when your friends pop up and you can turn it off, which I should do. Cause it does kind of take you out of, a, <laughs> you're in like a deep moment in Hamilton, let's say. And then <laughs> uh, all of a sudden Dave Rupert is playing overwatch or whatever. You're like, Oh, well that's great to know right now. <laughs> uh, but, but it is just like that. The idea that like, this is a social experience and I, I game for myself, but also for the social experience. Like even just, yeah, like the Nintendo Switch thing is kind of fun to know that my friend Jesse in San Francisco is about to play something or that, yeah, there's people I could connect with who play Animal Crossing and we could share islands or whatever is supposed to happen in, in the game. So I, I won't hold my breath for Apple to actually do anything
1: with it. No, it, it seems like there was no indication at WWDC and it is just generally not their thing. So I think that's another one we can put on the pile with the missing apple tv right <laughs> yeah exactly Although that, that hardware is probably more likely
0: the i'm trying to remember if they actually even mentioned apple arcade other than maybe a brief promotional like as a thing that you could develop for but at WWDC, the keynote thing i don't even know if it was mentioned much at all so um
1: Definitely anyways. not as much as it was front and center um, in at WWDC 2019. Um, there might have been a session on it. I'd have to look at the web videos. But
0: yeah, I'm I'm sure that unless like I mean, I think we'd hear about it if it was actually completely dropped off the whole developer r- radar. Um, people would notice that part. But anyways, hopefully, I, I still have hope for Apple Arcade, especially as it relates to I have like I've said basically since episode one. Apple Arcade to me for me personally works best would work best on an apple tv in front of the tv as a shared experience with my family not on my phone that's just me i know there's lots of people who love mobile gaming and more power to you and hopefully apple arcade is working great for you but that's why the switch for example has drawn me away from apple arcade in terms of dollars and time uh, to spend and so if anybody's listening and wants to send a beta of apple tv 8k or whatever it's going to be called hardware I'm happy to <laughs> you'll, you'll need a too.
1: new TV just to just to see the games yeah, exactly. in their full
0: fidelity <laughs> it's funny on that my my kids were like complaining that because they've been playing games and they get some from the library they got the Lego Star Wars series or Harry Potter story series on on the switch he borrowed it for but he was complaining that he had to play it on the switch screen instead of the TV screen and how that was going to be like the end of the world because my other son wanted to play fortnite on the Xbox on the TV which you know obviously is the only way you can play it on xbox and and then they actually sat down and played with the switch on the screen switch screen itself and had fun doing it and you know it's this kind of neat semi-mobile experience where they each have a little controller and sitting in front of the screen it's smaller obviously and it's not mm-hmm. as nice as the big screen but i was like the whole point of the switch is that you can take it and literally exactly. go play it and so anyways it was a good little moment of remembering that it's okay to not have the 50 inch or whatever tv in front of you at all times <laughs> But we should probably sign off.
1: Filling your eyeballs. Yeah, I think uh, this is a good show.
0: So uh, thanks for listening to 25 Cents, our Apple Arcade and video game in general podcast. You can find me on Twitter at iChris.
1: And you can find me on Twitter and most everywhere else as UltraNerd, that's
0: N-U-R-D. And you can find 25 Cents wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out the Good Stuff Patreon to join our Discord and other funky benefits, patreon.com slash good stuff. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.